Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. I hope you're doing well on this Tuesday, an historic day in American history. Donald Trump, former president, has pled not guilty to 37 charges in that classified document case. A couple of hours ago on... uh, in Miami at that courthouse with his attorney, he pled not guilty to all those accounts. So did an aide to the president, He all the former president. He also pled guilty. Former President Trump is now on an airplane. He is headed to Bedminster, New Jersey, where he has a golf club, a resort there, and he will address supporters tonight coming up. I think it's 7 o'clock our time. So three hours from now, he will land and he will go to the club and he will give a speech there Surreal moments earlier today. First at the courthouse, the former president shows up there and adoring crowds are cheering and waving flags on one side of the street. Those who can't stand the former president are on the other side of the street, separated by police, and they are jeering the two groups of people shouting obscenities at each other off and on, pointing at each other, police making sure to keep them separate. Trump parks underneath the facility in his black SUV, gets out, goes in. There were no cameras inside. Just sketch artists, no recording devices either. He pleads not guilty, says afterwards, this is a rigged deal here. As he shows up at a little restaurant in Miami, shakes hands, takes pictures, thumbs up, selfies, the whole deal, before going back to the airport and getting on his private jet, where he will speak to about 100 people, according to Major Garrett, later tonight. He's experiencing no shame, which is no surprise, but I think most people would think, wow, I would be embarrassed to be in this position. But he is experiencing uh, what looks to be full on campaign mode, really. Yeah. Even if I knew I was not guilty and he is presumed innocent. The celebratory nature, it's not even just a defiance. It's like this celebratory party. Look at me. Big smile on my face. Come here. Give me a hug. You know, this is my day. I just can't quite understand, but he is presumed innocent and he will have his day in court. Once again, today, prosecutors saying they want a speedy trial, saying they want this to happen sooner rather than later. Trump's attorneys have indicated that they would like to slow things down. Best case scenario, they would like this to happen after the election next year, like a year and a half from now. We will see how that all plays out. We've got complete coverage for you here, by the way. We stream the show. You can watch it. We podcast the show. You can listen to it later. You can hear those interviews like with Major Garrett, CBS's chief Washington correspondent, anytime you want. As a matter of fact, you never have to miss a single moment. Thanks to Geist Garage Doors, you can listen to the show anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, WTMJ.com, and more. All the big interviews, like with Major Garrett, serious topics, fun conversations, right at your fingertips. The Wisconsin Afternoon News Podcast presented by Geist Garage Doors. Don't think twice. Call Guys. We continue to monitor what's happening with the Donald Trump situation. The former president is on his plane flying back to New Jersey. He will land there, and in a little more than two and a half hours, he is scheduled to give a talk to supporters there at his resort in New Jersey. Andy Field, ABC News, is with us this afternoon to help us sort through some of what has happened related to uh, the Donald Trump situation in Miami. The protests, 
what to expect, what has happened. Andy, we've had technology problems. You're a trooper. Thanks for working it out. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me here. When you said we have Andy Field, excellent. I've never heard those, those two <laughs> words in the same sentence. It's well, fantastic. Well, Field is your middle name, isn't it? Andy Field, excellent. Yeah, Field, excellent is the last name. It's the full name. <laughs> your reputation precedes you. Yeah, it was It was a pretty pretty eventful day down in Miami. Uh, it started with Donald Trump and a presidential-sized motorcade going from uh, his golf course in Doral, which is near Miami, uh, to the federal courthouse. Uh, it, it turned out that there were probably more media folks than demonstrators out there, although the demonstrators were loud and colorful, but thankfully also peaceful. Uh, lots of folks with Trump flags and T-shirts and, and banners and uh, probably an equal number of people who were not all that happy to see Donald Trump in Miami, uh, happier to see that he was indicted. But the real drama was happening inside the courtroom where the president arrived. He was booked as any suspected criminal might be booked, uh, fingerprinted, uh, had a swab of DNA taken from him. No mugshot because you don't really need a mugshot for Donald Trump. You pretty much know what he looks like. And uh, uh, he was not handcuffed as far as we know and then went to the uh, courtroom and sat for almost an hour waiting for the court to begin. Even though it was supposed to begin at 3 Eastern, it, it was about 40 minutes late. His judge, who apparently he had uh, just hired to do this uh, uh, this week, because other, I'm sorry, his um, his attorney, uh, who he had just hired to do it this week, uh, uh, basically went through the perfunctory, no, Your Honor, he's not guilty. Uh, I think they waived the reading of the charges. Uh, but what was really interesting is Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, was in the courtroom. That is highly unusual. You remember the Robert Mueller investigations with multiple indictments, multiple convictions. Many of people in Donald Trump's orbit had gone to prison, and of course Donald Trump later pardoning some of them. Uh, Robert Mueller never showed up in court. Special prosecutors usually don't. They usually have their, their prosecuting attorneys do that for him. But for some reason, Jack Smith decided he would show up in court today sat behind his lawyers. He certainly looked at Donald Trump. Donald Trump certainly looked at him. But for the most part, witnesses in the courtroom say that Mr. Trump basically looked at the floor the entire time and did not look particularly happy to be there. Uh, the judge, who is not going to be the judge in the case, just a ma magistrate to go through this formality, uh, basically said uh, you didn't need any bail for the former president. He was warned, do not communicate with witnesses or the uh, aide that was also indicted on one of the counts here about the case, uh, and the special counsel will provide a list of witnesses. Mr. Trump can continue talking with those individuals as long as they do not discuss the case. Uh, there is no limit on his travel, domestic or international. They say they do not think Mr. Trump is a flight risk. They did not revoke his passport. There will be no limitations on his ability to possess a firearm. All of these things are typically things that do happen to people who are indicted on federal charges. Uh, he was re he signed off on those conditions, and uh, uh, Nauta did not enter a plea because he doesn't have a local counsel yet. So it's very interesting that it was a pretty perfunctory uh, moment in history, but very consequential in the fact that 
We have never seen in our country's history a president not only indicted on criminal charges once, but now twice. Andy Field is with us. And Andy, in that list of things, the conditions, many thought that the judge, the magistrate, may have imposed a ruling that said you also are not to discuss this, which would have been problematic for the former president, who, of course, is going to discuss it tonight. But that was not part of this, right? That was also absent. As far as I know, that's not the case. Now, there are people who have been in the courtroom that I have not been in touch with. There may have been additional things, but as far as I know, as of right now, that was not issued to him. Now, the, the, the judge who will actually be presiding over the case, her name is Eileen Cannon, she may put further restrictions on there, but you remember Eileen Cannon was the judge who got in trouble with her fellow judges for making rulings that were highly in favor of Donald Trump, she is a Donald Trump appointee. This is when they first uh, went to Mar-a-Lago to get these documents under a court order. Uh, she had issued uh, orders for special uh, masters to look at these things, restrictions for the Justice Department to look at these things. All of that was overturned by uh, appeals courts, and those judges made a point to say that Judge Eileen Cannon was completely wrong on the law on virtually all of these things. Uh, and then she had to go back and rewrite the orders and contradict herself in her own rulings. So it'll be interesting to see if she stays in this case, if she recuses herself, or if she thinks uh, that she'll be just fine as a judge in this case. In the meantime, she also controls how fast this case goes to court and goes to trial. Uh, it may be advantageous for the former president if this thing gets dragged out past the election. Uh, it may be better for the Democratic candidate if it is done sooner and a jury convicts him. We don't know. There's so many uh, variables to this case. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump's lawyers can uh, move to throw out all kinds of evidence. So this thing's going to last a while. What do you think the next steps are, Andy? Well, the next step is for the uh, former president to appear before this new judge who will set a timeline for uh, the court uh, trial. Uh, his attorneys will make a number of motions, so will the prosecution. The judge will have to rule on those motions, and those motions will tell us what happens next and how fast it happens. How's it decided who the judge is? It could have been any number of federal judges. Why is it? You're told it's basically canon. a wheel of fortune thing, where you spin the wheel and uh, whoever randomly comes up next in that particular court, and there are not a lot of them in that court, so the odds that she might get this case weren't that low. Uh, but that's what we're told by the uh, presiding judge of that particular district federal court, that uh, she basically was picked at random. ABC's Andy Field with us. Thank you so much, Andy, for the perspective. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. You know this song. Of course. Free as a Bird, one, yes. of, one of the very last Beatles songs yep. released in the 90s because of tapes that they had found right, and right. created the whole anthology mania, which was wonderful. Pretty amazing. You ready for a new Beatles song? I don't know. Am I? What do you got? I think we kind of are. You know I'm fascinated by AI and how it can be used for good and evil. Oh, yeah, me too. This could be a good <laughs> John is not nearly as fascinated by the perils and uh, delights of AI as Intrigue I am. me. Okay. okay. It interests me. Well, Paul McCartney has gotten into AI. Okay. 
in a very interesting way, and it could bring us new music. This is Paul McCartney on a BBC4 interview yesterday and his work with an old demo tape. When we came to make what will be the last Beatles record, it was a demo that John had um, that we worked on, and we just finished it up and be released this year. We were able to take John's voice and get it pure through this AI so that then we could mix the record as you would normally do, you know, so it, it gives you it gives you some sort of uh, leeway. So there's a good side to it and then a scary side. And uh, we'll just have to see where that leads. Where does it lead? I, do you ever think Paul McCartney figured he'd be talking about artificial intelligence when he was writing Hey Jude? <laughs> no. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. No, oh, he not. does know what he's talking about. So it should be fascinating to hear this pure John Lennon voice in a new Beatles song come this fall. You know I will keep you posted on this, John. All right. We'll stay up on that. Okay, you did get my attention. Yes. A great way to stay up on all the stuff happening with the Beatles and England is to just go with you to England. Oh, I wish I could go. We have a few more spots left. You've heard us talking about it. It's the Beatles and more in England adventure. Yes. With me, October 12th through the 21st, a 10-day vacation where we are going to... Well, I will show you my favorite spots in London, plus Beatles landmarks that I've been to. We will walk across that Abbey Road crosswalk. Also, we're going to go to London. Oh, sorry, Liverpool, mm-hmm. the Fab Four's hometown. We're going to see the sights there, Strawberry Fields, all the all the things that inspired the songs. That's plus, cool. we have the Beatles Story Museum all to ourselves Ooh. for our little group for one wow. evening. And we're going to stay at a Beatles-themed hotel. It's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, you can uh, send me an email, Sandy. S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. I will send you the brochure. Do not miss out. We leave in four months. We uh, are going to close the bookings in the next couple of weeks. So don't get shut out on this fun England trip. Email me, S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. We're going to other places in England like Stonehenge. Oh, that's so cool. And Oxford. Awesome. And Windsor. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do oh, it. Windsor. Up. Like we've all seen Windsor on TV recently. Yes, with the coronation. You come wow. with me, we're going to do it right in England, trust yeah, me. Yeah, that sounds like a great trip, and Stonehenge is incredible. It's magical, feels like no other place in the world, and you're going to do all of it on this trip. How many days are you gone? Ten days. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. It's that good balance of a group yeah. trip where you have official tours, but then you also have time to yourself to roam around and explore and take your photos and sip at a pub. Are some of the meals included? Do you yes. eat together sometimes? Yes. Oh, that's fun. That's really, really fun. Trade the memories, yeah. And we will ferry cross the Mersey for you Beatles fans. It's going to be good. You want to go with Sandy because Sandy knows England inside and out. So not just the popular things you'd expect to see because you're going to see all of that cool stuff, but a couple little secret places that Sandy really likes. This Very is great. Much. The Cat and Cucumber, one of my favorite places to eat in <laughs> London. So fun. And it's like a diner, so it's it's a good thing. <laughs> Sandy at WTMJ.com. S-A- ndy at wtmj.com let's travel together time for the milwaukee health briefing we are joined this afternoon by dr ben weston he is the chief health policy advisor for milwaukee county and the director of medical services for milwaukee county office of emergency management dr weston thank you so much for being with us thanks for having me back i'm happy to be here Oh, wonderful. And Dr. Weston, I'm excited to speak with you, partially because we just kicked off a WTMJ Cares campaign that I think you can support. It's going to be a three-day blood drive at the Milwaukee County Zoo. And I wanted to ask you, could you just share a bit about what the importance of blood donation is? I can certainly support that, especially at our Milwaukee County Zoo. So 
blood is critical. In the United States, uh, every two seconds, every two seconds, someone is in need of blood or platelets, which is one of the components of blood. That amounts to 40,000 units of blood cells that are needed every single day. And the blood supply from folks donating just isn't keeping up. Uh, and it's gone down. During COVID, a lot of people didn't donate blood for good reasons that sometimes uh, they're medically compromised. They were afraid to go to health facilities. Uh, but now we really need people to get back into that habit. Only 3% of all Americans donate blood, but 37% of the population is eligible. So we really need folks to get out there, donate blood, and this event at the zoo is an outstanding way to do it. And what are some of the ways hospitals use blood donations? So a lot of folks in the hospital need blood. We commonly think of it as like trauma. You get injured and you're losing blood. Uh, but when you have certain diseases, your blood levels get low. A lot of people can have bleeding from other ways. One of the most common is a GI bleed or a gastrointestinal bleed. Um, that's one of the most common ways people need blood. But a lot of folks need blood. It's critical to living. Uh, and it's critical to a lot of people who have chronic disease or acute disease as well. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that importance because I can encourage people to come donate, but I don't know all those really impactful details. So thank you, Dr. Weston. Absolutely. Hey, I want to switch gears and ask you about uh, a universal flu vaccine being a possibility. You know, we're already thinking ahead to vaccine season for the flu, which comes up in a couple of months. Tell us what we know about a better universal flu vaccine. Yeah, so right now the way it works is you get your flu vaccine in the fall, or hopefully you do. Uh, it's a critical vaccine to get. Now, every year that vaccine is a little bit different. They look at the different strains out there of flu. They modify it to try to predict what the flu is going to be this year and to give you the best protection. Now, this universal flu vaccine promises to change all that. It's with the same mRNA technology that's been proven with the COVID vaccine to be very effective and very safe. Uh, but geared toward flu. And so it's in clinical trials right now. That means we're early on. We're just starting to study this. Uh, but it's critical. Tens of thousands of people die of flu every single year. So it's not a small impact. Dr. Weston, I saw you had tweeted about an increase in alcohol-related deaths. What is the definition of an alcohol-related death, and what are we looking at? Well, there's lots of different definitions. Now, the one we're looking at specifically is from the Milwaukee County Medical Examiner. And this is looking at alcohol as a contribution in drug-related death. That's one of the death categories. But honestly, rather than get into that minutiae, it's more about the trends that we're seeing, which is alcohol is a more significant contributor to death than it was years ago. And that change really took place during the pandemic. When we look at 2019 to 2020, there's a dramatic shift. Uh, in the amount of alcohol-related deaths in the county. And that has been persistent throughout the pandemic. Now, we've seen this nationally, but in Wisconsin, uh, in Milwaukee County, we're seeing a much more dramatic rise. And when you give advice on how to maybe lower your alcohol intake, what are, what are some one or two suggestions? Yeah, so one is to, to know kind of what is considered moderate drinking. The CDC recommends uh, two drinks of or two drinks or less per day for men, one drink or less per day for women. Not necessarily every single day, um, but if you're having that amount, you're in the the kind of moderate level. If you're having more than that, or if your drinking has increased over time, which it has for many folks due to the stress uh, and other issues surrounding the pandemic and all the other aspects of our lives lately, it's time to take a step back uh, and think: Has your alcohol use increased? Do you go? For days without drinking alcohol 
Um, do you have trouble stopping drinking alcohol? And does it affect your life? And if that's the case, you're willing to take that step back, reach out to your healthcare provider, reach out to some of the resources that we have in Milwaukee County uh, and move in a healthier direction. Dr. Ben Weston is with us, the Chief Health Policy Advisor for Milwaukee County. We talk a lot about resting heart rate and what that means, an elevated heart rate and the benefits of exercise. What exactly does resting heart rate tell you about the heart's health? Yeah, so your resting heart rate is just that. It's the number of times your heart beats per minute when you're at rest. Most folks, it's between 60 and 100 beats per minute. That's normal. Um, But certainly people who exercise a lot uh, can be on the lower end of that. Athletes can even be below 60 um, for their resting heart rate. And that's just because your heart has adapted. Uh, It can beat much more efficiently. Uh, it, It pumps once and pumps more blood and pumps it more efficiently through your body. Now, a higher heart rate doesn't necessarily indicate a problem, but it can indicate some underlying disease status, especially if your heart rate is consistently quite high. And, and this gets back to just bread and butter, how to stay healthy. Eat healthy, stay active. Uh, it'll help, help your heart. It'll help your whole body. Dr. Weston, June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. So uh, I guess I wish you a happy month, but I also, uh, can you help us figure out what's the difference between just occasional forgetfulness and maybe the symptoms of really the onset of dementia? Yeah, right. So so there is kind of this normal age-related uh, change, but then there's dementia and then there's Alzheimer's, which is a specific type of dementia. But without getting into the nuance of it, it really is about how it affects your life. Uh, if you notice that it's affecting your day-to-day activities, if you notice that you're forgetting things more than usual, certainly if you notice that there's safety issues involved in your forgetfulness, you want to reach out. Uh, reach out to your healthcare provider. Reach out to other resources in your community. Reach out to your family and your friends uh, for assistance as well. What can we do? Are there things like Sudoku and crossword puzzles that are really actually very helpful to keep our brain healthy? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So there's actually been studies on this, believe it or not, uh, and it's mixed. There's not a definitive answer. Some studies show that things like crosswords and Sudoku help. Some things show they don't really make much of a difference. Uh, Nothing shows that it causes harm. So certainly no harm in doing that. Uh, but really, it gets back to like we were talking about with, with resting heart rate. It's about staying active. Now, this is not just physically active. This is mentally active as well, whether it's engaging in community organizations, whether it's getting together with friends, or whether it's, yes, doing your crosswords and your Sudokus. Um, but staying mentally and physically active certainly uh, has been shown to keep you and your brain younger. Dr. Weston, we love to wrap up with what's your good news for this week? My good news for this week, uh, well, this is the first week of summer for kids all over the county. So it's good news for kids. It's not always good news for parents, <laughs> but uh, personally, this is one of my favorite times of the year. It means pools, it means beaches, it means parks, it means festivals, so many things uh, that we have to enjoy here in Milwaukee County. So I enjoy it and I'm looking forward to that. Dr. Ben Weston is an associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin and director of medical services for Milwaukee County's Office of Emergency Management. Great stuff, Dr. Weston. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Take care.